I've been making a lot of horse noises because I've been frustrated recently. I've been saying, do you want to hear my horse impression? And then I go. <sighs> the trick is to be really fed up with everything because I think that's how horses feel all the time. Don't shift your way. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hey guys, this is Sarah. I just wanted to give a quick heads up before the episode that we did have some audio trouble with Hannah's mic this week. Um, So apologies for the audio quality um, and we should have it fixed and back to normal next week. Um, But that's okay because Happy Feet 2 and The Mexican are really shitty movies, so (laughs) they deserve it. Okay, enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah, and this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we're pitting everyone of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. This week, we're pitting Happy Feet 2 and The Mexican, so if you haven't seen those movies, honestly, just keep listening to the podcast, because, like... If you haven't seen these movies, just spare yourself and don't. Yeah. I don't remember if it was a tweet I sent or my letterboxed review of Happy Feet 2 was I've seen this movie more often than anyone without a toddler in 2012 should have had to have seen this film. It was a tweet and it was perfect because, yeah, why the fuck else would you watch that? It's like, I like I feel like I would have a better time if like I had a baby and it was 2012 and they were a toddler and they were like, I love the dancing penguin movie. I need to watch it every single day, three times a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how kids get super hyper fixated on like one movie yep, and they just want to end it yeah. and rewind and watch it again. Yeah. And it probably would be Happy Feet too <laughs> because I because they love to torture their parents. Yeah. Babies don't have taste. A baby wouldn't see this movie and be like, wow, this is terribly shot. It's all one big crowd scene and the colors are so boring. The baby would be like, I like the dancing penguin. But they don't even dance in this one. They really don't. Like at least in Happy Feet 1, there's like dancing and singing scenes. This one is just confusing. Which of who wants to give the synopsis for this? I kind of want to do it. Okay, go for it. Okay, so Happy Feet 2... Uh, directed by George Miller, who also directed the Mad Max movies and Babe, is about the Elijah Wood penguin from the first movie, Mumble, has a kid now, apparently, and his kid doesn't know what he's special for, and then he runs away and meets a puffin who's posing as a penguin named Sven, voiced by Hank Azaria of The Simpsons fame, uh, and then there's like some sort of the ice caps are melting, so the sea level is rising, and the penguins got trapped in a crevasse. So then Elijah Wood and his son and his son's two friends have to figure out how to free the penguins from the crevasse. And they do so, they enlist the help of some elephant seals whose lives he saved, and then they dance. And uh, the snow falls and makes a bridge, and then they're all free. Meanwhile, across the way, across the tracks, if you will, under the ocean, uh, Brad Pitt and um, ex-friend of the show Matt Damon are two krill who realize that being part of the swarm isn't the only thing in the world. And it's a journey of self-actualization 
and uh, existentialism as Brad Pitt realizes that he does not want to be a krill anymore. He wants to be a predator. And at the end, they rejoin the krill colony and they've all individualized and they know that they're individuals and then they dance and it brings them sweet relief in the existential dread of the world. And then that helps raise the penguins up. The end. Oh, also they dance to Under Pressure. Yes. Um, which is a really good song. It's a great song. <laughs> I liked it as like the ending song. Yeah. I'm surprised though that they didn't then do the end credits as Ice Ice Baby. Oh, they probably couldn't get the rights. Because they lost all their money on this movie and had to close the studio. Fucking just desserts. Oh, I hate this movie. What was it they lost? I think they lost like $40 million or something. I'm sorry for all of those people who don't have jobs anymore. Me too. And I'm sorry for everybody that probably raised their hand and were like, hey, guys, this movie fucking sucks. Can we like change XYZ? And they were like, no. It's just like, it's soulless and it's so boring to look at and one of the penguins in the first scene poops himself and it doesn't have any message and it doesn't really have a plot outside of must get from point A to point B. And even the conflicts in there are, don't make really any sense. No, it's so fucking ugly. <laughs> there's one color. I'm like, there's one color. Every fucking scene takes place in direct sunlight midday. Uh, absolutely no color grading whatsoever. You have black and white penguins on white ice uh, beneath a blue sky. Uh, there's like maybe one sunset scene. If I was doing this movie, it would be golden hour all the time. I would have a crazy sky color like reflecting in the ice. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do to make these penguins visually appealing? They said nothing. <laughs> Their decision was to do nothing. <laughs> like, Every fucking scene is a crowd scene. I know we were complaining about this last time, but it must be stated. Every goddamn scene has like 500 characters, probably more. There's probably like 2K penguins in every shot. (laughs) Unless there's two penguins in the shot. And then it's just, it's just like, yeah, I was thinking about it in the shower and I was like, what could they have done to make this movie better? And honestly, they should have just Lion king it, like the update of the Lion King, and made them hyper-realistic penguins, because that would be interesting to see, is hyper-realistic penguins dancing around. Like, <laughs> weird half-measure between cartoon, pe- cartoon penguins and, like, hyper-realistic penguins. And then it was just boring and ugly. Yeah, they were somewhere in the middle. They were afraid to push it. Like, none of the designs were pushed. I was thinking about how one of the only characters that had a distinctive design was like the friend of the puffin and they also gave him like a brightly colored sweater and I was like you didn't need to do that that was the one character that you made look different than all the others because he had like these cool eyebrows like (laughs) they didn't push anything it just fucking sucks like there was a movie in here somewhere that could have been okay about like how one person can have a big impact against global warming, uh, which they were trying to do with, like, the krill. And, like, there was, like, you know, some interesting, like, existential stuff in here. I mean, yeah, it's a fucking children's movie. So, first of all, they didn't need it to be about the apocalypse. But, um, which is, by the way, the Wikipedia summary for this film. It says, uh, 
in this movie, Eric, the son of Mumble and Gloria, must stop the apocalypse from taking over Antarctica. But, like, he doesn't because the baby penguin's a fucking idiot. The only thing he does is sing opera to the elephant seals. <laughs> and he poops himself. And he poops himself. everyone in his society. And then he, like, just cries about it. <laughs> Which I would, too. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. He's a Reddit user. He is a Reddit user. The only thing that happened in this movie is when the dad penguin mumble saves the elephant seal who falls off a fucking cliff in front of his own children. And he... I will say the the character design of the baby elephant seals is really fucking cute. They're really cute. And like that successful, that whole sequence was more the most successful part of the film to me because it was focusing on like three or four characters and there was like a clear plot where it was like we have to get the elephant seal out of the ice so the dad like tricked a different type of seal into like smashing the ice and I was like why did you not follow two or three penguins on their individual journeys and then connect it to the crowd at the very end and then we would have the impact of like the multitude I just don't know what happened Mistakes were made in Happy Feet 2. <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious because, like, Mumble still has his baby feathers up top, uh-huh. but is, like, a grown penguin at the bottom. So is he, like, a teen parent? Like, what's going on? <laughs> there was something wrong was with about that the whole time, There was too. something wrong with him. He, like, never developed all the way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He never lost his baby feathers. I think it was addressed in the first one. Oh. Hate to say it though, Brad Pitt is so good in this movie. He's so fucking good, and I love. He's so funny. The role—it's the only redeeming part of the film. It—it it looks like a different movie. It feels like a different movie. It's perfect. It's a better movie. I don't need the penguins. Just give me a krill short film, please. It's so funny, and I know, like, it's weird because I feel like. We've already talked it to death because it's, like, a short sequence, but, like, I guess we probably have to assume that, like, you know, say you haven't listened to our other three episodes on Happy Feet <laughs> 2. Like, he plays the best job of this, like, dumb yet super eager Krill who's, like, highly individualistic. He basically, like, wakes up in his swarm or, like, comes to consciousness and is, like, you know, I want to, like, evolve out of this and, like... It's a very Brad role for him because he's like, Matt Damon is like, no, you can't. And Brad's like, no, man, I'm going to like evolve to the top of the food chain. Like, I'm going to be the predator. Like, today we're going to go out. We're going to like eat meat. (laughs) Really? (laughs) We just eat a seal. And he's like, I'm going to eat something that has a face. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's just like, I'm just so... I think that this is the closest to what Brad Pitt is like as a real human person. I know! He's, like, smart, but he's not smart, you know? Exactly. Like, he's so uber confident. He doesn't know how dumb he is as a Krill in this role. Like, he... Yeah. Self-confidence, 100. Intelligence, 50. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love that gay little curl. I know. I was just going to say, he and Matt Damon. But yeah? I was also going to say that this is another Sinbad situation where, like, Matt Damon's curl, Bill, is 
definitely super gay for Brad Pitt's Krill, Will. Yeah. But I don't think Will the Krill is gay. Yeah. I think that it's one-sided. I think Will is straight. I think you're right. I think Brad Pitt just, like, literally can't play gay. <laughs> I think he's too aggressively straight. He's too straight. He can play a Krill, but can he play a gay Krill? <laughs> the answer? Not really. <laughs> But I love how far they took that. Like, Ugh. like Bill the Krill was like, he's like talking about like wanting, like wanting to adopt kids with him. Yeah. We can adopt. We can make our own swarm. Yeah. And when they split up, like Brad is like, I think we should like break up. Maybe he says split up, but it's like, it's not even implied. It like is, you know? Yeah. So there's that. I wish it was a short film. If that was like a short film that played in front of another movie, you know? Yeah, I'd be really into it. Like when they made like the scrap short films for Ice Age. Exactly. Ugh. It's fucking good. And yet. And yet. And it could have been like a series. Like you could have done like spent more time making less shitty Happy Feet movies. And then, you know, put a series of those short films in front of them. They could have saved the whole studio. It's true, but it didn't. (laughs) I also imagine it was probably really expensive to hire Matt Damon and Brad Pitt for a few days. <laughs> Maybe that's why it sank the studio. They were like, we couldn't afford them. I hadn't realized that this movie was Australian until this time. Yeah. George Miller. I don't know. This movie was a mistake. Uh, the penguins are too horny. The songs aren't good. It's ugly. There's no plot. It's pretty long for an animated movie. And that's it. I don't think I have anything else to say about Happy Feet 2 at this point in time. Yeah, I don't have anything good to say about Happy Feet 2 either. I just like Brad Pitt is good in it. I feel like that's what Brad Pitt is like as a human person. It makes me want to hang out with Brad Pitt. Uh, I think that this is I think this is an interesting pitting in terms of the Brads because I think that Krill Brad thinks that he's smarter than he is and the Mexican Brad thinks that he is dumber than he is, you know? That is true. That's my impression. Does this mean that I have to give the synopsis for the Mexican? Uh, You can try. Yeah, okay, here I go. Um, Brad Pitt is dating Julia Roberts. Brad became involved with, like, a mobster. And um, so he's been repaying his debt against the mobster. And his last mission, should he choose to accept it, is to go to Mexico to retrieve a cursed gun. The gun is famous for backfiring and killing its owner. Everybody wants the gun. I don't know. There was some kind of like a young couple in love and it killed one. I don't know. Something. It's cursed. Um, Brad fucks up so bad at this he's just so goddamn shitty at everything he does uh his like partner in crime gets shot accidentally immediately and then brad's like truck gets stolen with the gun inside and he like loses his passport and like everything's going wrong for our dear boy he gets put in jail um the other side of the plot is Julia Roberts. They broke up before Brad went to Mexico because she was like, God damn it, you said we were going to go to Vegas together. So Julia Roberts goes to... Wait, why is she in Mexico? I thought she was going to Vegas. 
No, she was going to Vegas, but then James Gandolfini, the gay hitman, was like, we got to get the gun. And then he took her to Mexico. Yeah, he took her to Mexico and Brad didn't show up at Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that happens. Um, This is the worst subplot I've ever seen in my goddamn life where James Gandolfini is a gay hitman and it won a GLAAD award for it, even though his only personality trait is gay and wanting to gossip about men with Julia Roberts. And they dance around her hotel room in uh, feather boas, and she wants to know all about his sex life, and she's offended because he said that he wouldn't rape her, and that's how she knew he was gay, and then his lover in the movie gets fucking killed, and then he gets killed, and I hate it. Julia Roberts convinced Brad Pitt to be in this movie. They were really excited to be in the script. They wanted to work together. And the only thing I can take from that is that she read it and she was like, I want to be gay BFFs. This is the worst movie. I know I was ragging on Snatch, but this might be worse. Sarah, every episode of this podcast, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. If they all, there, there could be multiple. This movie fucking sucks. There's nothing good about this movie. It's so confusing. It's so long. It's so poorly shot. Uh, it is a dumpster fire on wheels. The only good thing is that Brad does a lot of good fist pumps, which I know we've talked about as a very iconic Brad moment. And also, there's a dog, which is like there cool. is a dog. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Mexican is also like pro-gun propaganda. I'm not into. <laughs> it's interesting to watch because uh, it was released in 2001, so it was shot pre-9/11. So you get to like, see some sweet, sweet pre-9/11 airport action. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you could just bring a gun and a lunch can. Fuck, dude. Those were the days. Am I right? <laughs> am I right or am I right, dude? Uh. So I always love seeing a pre-9-11 airport in a movie. Oh, God. Um, So much easier. You see J.K. Simmons' meaty, meaty thighs, Mm -hmm. and you get to see him watch him take a poop. (laughs) And Brad Pitt wears two shirts the whole fucking movie. Two shirts, even though it's like a million degrees. He didn't want to get sunburned. He had to be careful. His delicate skin. It's true. Um, I love when Brad is a dumbass. I've said this a lot, and that's great. Also, this movie's just boring. It's so boring. It also, like, should have ended probably an hour earlier. Once Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts get back together, like... Right, I thought I was like, oh, cool, this movie's over now. Exactly. I was another, like, two hours left. Yeah, there was, like, a solid 40 minutes after that. I was so excited. I was like, oh, it was shorter than I remembered. And then I was like, wait, why is it still going? I couldn't tell you what happened after that because I thoroughly checked out. Um, they met up with the guy and then he explained why he wanted the gun and it was because he made friends with the great-grandson of the gunsmith in prison Mm -hmm. and then the great-grandson died and he Mm -hmm. was like, I want to reunite the gun with its rightful owners, the heirs to the gun-making thing. Got it. So that the spirits can rest easy. Is that a good enough reason for you, Brad Pitt? And Brad is like, yeah, (laughs) just give him the gun. Brad's like, I just want to go home. I want to go home. Uh, the whole thesis of this movie, or maybe not the thesis, but like the whole James Gandolfini arc is the worst dating advice 
one could possibly receive where he keeps asking Julia Roberts, he's like, if two people love each other, when is enough enough? And the correct answer is supposed to be never. That you never <laughs> give never up. Enough. You, you never th- give up. He single-handedly convinces Julia Roberts to go back to her absolute slacker, loser, good-for-nothing <laughs> boyfriend. And then they're, like, fighting by the end of the movie, and it's supposed to be like, oh, ha-ha, nonsense. It is hetero nonsense to the highest degree. Glad award-winning hetero nonsense. It's just both these movies are so boring. Oh, my God. I was thinking about this. I'm like, first of all, it really says a lot about a movie if you watch it four times and you still don't understand the plot. <laughs> like, that goes for both of these movies. It's like I under, I guess I, like, understand the plot because both of them are pretty simple. Like, go from point A to point B. Are they, you though? Know, they're like... Like, what happens in the middle? Like, if you had to draw a diagram of, like, the events that, like, affected the other events in the movie, it's a mess. Like, both of our road trip movies at the end of the day. I guess so. I just, like, I'm, like, I'm frustrated with how good Brad is in these shitty movies. And then it's, like, frustrating because it's, like... Brad Pitt's the best part of these bad movies, but does that mean that he's a good Brad, or does that just mean he really stands out because he's good in these bad movies? This is a shitty fucking movie. I'm going to give you my hot take. Uh, I don't think he's that good in The Mexican. I don't either. Like, watching this again, I was like, I like his enthusiasm. Like, I like when he's doing his fist pumps and stuff, but I feel like he's kind of like a phoned-in cartoon version of the Brad that we like. Yeah, I feel like he gets a a more refined version of this Brad is Mr. and Mrs. Smith Brad, which is a way better and more fun movie and a way better Brad. Yeah. And he's still like that idiot husband spy character. Yeah. Yeah, there was something really like, I want to say like unrefined or maybe like sloppy about it and not in like an intentional way. Yeah. From what I could tell also when I was reading about this movie, like, the only reason that it got like a, and it did not get a very good critical response but everybody's going ape shit for James Gandolfini they were all like he's the shining star um a lot of people were criticizing like Brad and Julia they were like what was what was what yeah. was that i mean yeah no James Gandolfini is definitely like the best part of this movie and it's yeah. like if you take it in like the cultural like time like in 2001 we were like Gay people are only the gay people you see on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah, so it's like he's a hit pretty man. revolutionary to have like a hitman who was gay. And like, was it handled well? No. Would I still watch a movie about a gay hitman in the year of our Lord 2019? Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And also, this movie just made me want to watch The Sopranos for the first time and made me think R.I.P. James Gandolfini. That was, he was a good one. He was a very good actor. He was great. It's uh, we lost a good one when we lost that one. So yeah, I think Brad and Julia not good, not good in this movie. This movie sort of confirms. I just like have a general distaste for Julia Roberts. Uh-huh. Am I allowed to say that? I think so. Cause she, I get her and Jennifer Garner. Yeah, a lot, and I do like Jennifer Garner. A lot of moms would fight you for that. That's okay. I think anytime you see Julia Roberts in a movie, you could replace her with Jennifer Garner, as I do in my head, and it's better. Yeah. Because I do like Jennifer Garner a lot. Yeah. Or Brooke Shields, the one with the teeth. 
or Hilary Swank, the other one with the teeth. Yes. What about Jennifer Aniston? Were Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt ever in a movie together? Oh, Jen's cute. Uh, yeah, right? No, they weren't. We would have... No, we would have oh, seen, seen it. We <laughs> talked about it. Why do I feel like there's still a secret <laughs> library of Brad Pitt films that I haven't seen? I know that Letterboxd says that I've only seen like 65% of Brad Pitt movies, which is absolutely false. Uh, because they keep counting his like the making of documentaries and like dumb bullshit. I'm like, Letterboxd? The only one we haven't seen is uh, Voyage of Time because they only had it at IMAX recorded with Brad. There's two versions, one Kate Blanchett does, one Brad Pitt does, and they didn't release that one. And I did email Omnimax and I was like, can we see it? And they didn't, they ghosted me. We got a follow up. As per my email, I would like to watch this movie. I really should follow up because I feel like if we got the fucking like Oscars film archive to respond to us, we can get. Yeah, we can get on the max. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed that uh, we didn't have the foresight to make a campaign of send Hannah and Sarah to the premiere of Ad Astra. <laughs> I think we could have done it. I think so, too. Oh, I have a joke to make. It's not really a joke, but I feel like um, the. The Mexican versus Happy Feet 2 making it to round four of this bracket is exactly what imposter syndrome feels like. <laughs> it's true. They don't deserve to be here. <laughs> they don't. So like, But they also do because they've made it this far. They literally made it that far. But then you look at the other end of the bracket and you have fucking like uh, burn after reading versus Moneyball. The bracket is doing some stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a weird time. I'm just mad because when we started this, we kept joking that Happy Feet 2 would win, and that's looking like a realer and realer possibility, <laughs> and I fucking hate watching this movie. I hate it. I hate every second that I have to watch these stupid goddamn penguins waddle around the stupid goddamn ice caps. I'm like, fuck, let him melt, okay? Whatever. I don't give a fucking shit anymore. Hannah said, fuck penguin rights. <laughs> fuck penguin rights. I am so I'm really happy though because I feel like you found a movie in this bracket that you hate as much as I hated like Snatch and like every third movie we watch you know you know how I feel the visceral hatred it's just I at least I'm like at least there's bright colors to look at because I like a five-year-old am entertained if there's bright colors you just like it because it's a cartoon. I just like cartoons, even if they're the worst cartoon in the world. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's awful. It's really awful. I don't think there's a single joke in it either. <laughs> Except for the baby penguin shitting himself, which yeah, literally happens. Yeah, the baby happens. penguin shits itself, and then <laughs> the other baby penguins sing sexy back, which is disgusting. Oh, yeah. I made a note of that. I was unclear, and I didn't want to rewind because I was like... I'm going to fuck up my torrent and I don't want to do that. Um, they they replaced one of the words with fluffy, but I don't think they were saying I'm bringing fluffy back. I think they were saying I'm bringing sexy back, but then they replaced a different word with fluffy. I think it was like, oh, fuck, I don't remember. I don't remember the lyrics to sexy back that much either. I do remember watching the YTMND albino black sheep video with Kermit and the Babar puppet singing that song, which was always a good time in middle school. Why the fuck would you sing Sexy back? 
Why would you make the baby penguins sing it also? That's like... There was literally the baby penguins. And it was the girl baby penguins. And they were doing like a sexy voice. It was horrifying. The lyrics to this song are horrifying. (laughs) The penguin version or the regular version? The regular version. Yeah. And I'm just trying to find the word that they replaced with fluffy. And I don't think it was sexy. No. Do you think they were saying I'm bringing fluffy back? No, I think they were they were definitely saying I'm bringing sexy back. And what did they say fluffy about? I don't know. Well, I guess you'll find out in fucking round five. I'm assuming we're in agreement here. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> what is this going up against? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, here's the thing, though, is like not to like I'm saying off you like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is going to beat out Happy Feet, too. But like, is it? It's not that good. You know, I don't know. Only (sighs) time. Only time will tell with our advanced wisdom. We're only getting wiser, faster, stronger, sleeker. I guess more confident. More but at what cost? Educated. At the cost of... I guess we're learning a lot. Yeah, we're learning a lot. We can talk... About, we know more about Brad Pitt than anyone has a right to. Um, it's true. And then I get mad about Brad Pitt stan Twitter and stuff on the internet because I'm like, where were you three years ago when I started this goddamn podcast? It blows my mind that we've been doing this for three years. It blows my mind. It's really crazy. What should we watch... For the next round. Okay, what do we got left? We've got um, Oceans 12 versus Fury. Wow. Fight Club versus, yeah, Fight Club versus Johnny Suede, Troy versus Oceans 11, and 12 Monkeys versus the assassination of Jesse James. That's going to be intense. (laughs) Delicious, finally. Finally, we've got some good movies. Um, hmm... It's hard because I really want to watch Ocean's Eleven, but I really don't want to watch Troy because it's three hours long. I was kind of leaning that way too, though, because I was like, "Yeah, that sounds kind of it's a fun one." Yeah, it'll be interesting. Ugh. Lord, we're fucking Boy, getting babe. through it. We're getting through it. I thought round three had a lot of nonsense, but it turns out. Oh wait, no, we're on round three. What am I talking? I've been saying round four this whole. I made so many jokes about round four, and I meant round three. Sorry, everyone. It's okay, guys. I'm not sorry at all. It's all right. It's a, to air is human. All the words are stage. <laughs> well. That was a pretty easy breezy lemon squeezy. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, yeah, me too. Stay tuned. Uh, if you want to follow us on the internet at large, you can do so. We're at March Bradness on Twitter. We are at March Bradness on Facebook. We are MarchBradness.net on the computer. And we are March... <laughs> We are March.Bradness on Instagram because some dingus took March Bradness. Um, you it's can true. email us. You can find it probably on the website. I don't know. You can find our Twitters if you look hard enough. Feel free to send us your thoughts, concerns, questions. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends also. Yeah. Word of mouth, man. Yeah. Tell, uh, call like a family member. Do like a challenge where you have to call three family members and tell them about March Bradness. <laughs> That sounds awful. (laughs) 
I don't want you to do that because I don't want grandparents listening to me say F words. Oh, yeah. Don't tell your grandparents. Um, Tell your boss if it's a cool boss. (laughs) Tell your cool boss. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. I hope you have a fantastic day. Um, I hope that all your dreams come true. And Hannah's yawning, but nodding at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I am like a lion. We will see you week after next. We'll see you soon. We love you. (gasps) Bye. Bye. Bye.